You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is episode 210. It is September 13, 2019. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about. And as always, so many things that we can't talk about. So we've done 210 of these things now, and this is the second one that you've actually been, uh, we've actually been in the same location for. Yeah, it's a rare, so I apologies if there are some weird pauses in this we're sharing a microphone so we just gotta we're just gonna go through with it though we're here to talk about my personal wrestlemania which is this weekend's clash <laughs> of champions show i've made the joke that it's the old uh, david letterman joke that it's wrestlemania in my pants <laughs> sorry it's awkward uh how are you are you how are you feeling about uh this clash of Champions show after ron smackdown this week yeah, so SmackDown didn't really focus all that much on Clash of Champions this week. Uh, main event angle was built around the King of the Ring tournament, which is not happening. The finals are not happening on pay-per-view. They're happening on Raw Monday. And the Shane McMahon-Kevin Owens a debacle... Actually, no, I can't call it a debacle because they did exactly what they wanted to do with it. It was just terrible. Um, but neither of those things were things that were plugging stuff on the pay-per-view. So I thought SmackDown was a terrible go-home show but uh i mean i thought i thought raw was a pretty good show uh not not a great show obviously they were from madison square garden for both raw and smackdown this week um steve austin was there i think you did the right thing with that main event you put the new guy over and then you had steve austin come out and give beers to all the new guys and say hey these kids are okay so which they didn't do as we talked about on the Raw reunion show a couple months ago, so this time they did do what you would expect them to do with an old legend like Steve and have him just come out and endorse everybody and and have the, the babyface stand tall. And I thought it was a good idea that Cedric got the pin in that match. If, if indeed that is somebody you're actually going to try and build something with, it made sense for him to be the guy that kind of got to be the star at the end there. Yeah, they made the choice to put Steve Austin on first, which... Uh, the rating tanked the rest of the show, and uh, I didn't watch the main event, and apparently I wasn't alone. Uh, lots of people chanting Becky's husband at Seth Rollins during the main event. Boy, Seth Rollins sure has a lot of matches hijacked, doesn't he? Yeah, funny how that works, because far be it for me to compare him to Roman Reigns or any other top guy, but people generally, they may have been booing, but Roman Reigns or John Cena, they tended to pay attention to what was happening in the ring when Roman Reigns or John Cena were in the ring, and I don't know if you want to blame that on the agents or whoever's putting the matches together or on, you can say, it's the wrestlers not being able to tell a good story. I also think sometimes it has to do with something that we and everybody else have talked about for years, which is when you train a crowd to only care about entrances and big-time finishing moves and dives, and then you try to do like a more old-school, like well-paced long 10-man tag where you get the heat for 15 minutes the crowd's always going to get restless during that because they're not used to that anymore 
and I think that can hurt it as well. But yeah, there, that is funny that that seems to happen more in Seth's matches than it did in uh, some of the previous top guys of recent years. All right, so just a couple of uh, little newsy, notesy kind of things here before we get on to the rest of the Clash of the Champions card. I guess there's rumblings that they're merging all of the NXT rosters or uh, for when NXT goes live on USA Network this coming Wednesday. I think you called this after the NXT UK show. Uh, it seems like all hands on deck for uh, NXT live on USA. Yeah, um, we talked about this a little bit last week with Tony Storm not being on the tapings for the next NXT UK shows. And with obviously they already moved Pete Dunn over. He was involved in the storyline with Velveteen Dream at the last pay-per-view or the last takeover they did. Um, and it seems now that Tyler Bate is coming over as well. Um, so it's it's really seems like kind of the beginning of the end. It's like Evolve and NXT UK are going to be their new actual developmentals. And, and also, you know, just a way to sop up all any and all talent so that other companies can't use them, as as we talked about when NXT UK first uh, first arrived, uh, that that was kind of the roundabout end goal was going to be them crushing the burgeoning British indie scene, and they effectively have. So now that they've done that, and they no longer have any sort of comp- you know competition, World of Sport did not survive. There's really not a point for them to really go hard on the NXT UK shows anymore. So it's kind of just a place to put people that you don't have anything for. But, yeah, I expect all of the stars of that brand uh, will be on the regular NXT show before too long. And uh, the gift that keeps on giving, uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, their parent company, Anthem, uh, they couldn't get on any a real TV network, so they bought a semi-real TV network. Yeah, don't you love it when, like, you can't, uh, you want to do something like you want to be a, a race car driver, but you're not a good race car driver. So you just ask your dad to buy you a race car and then buy a station that will air you driving your car around. That's basically what happened here. Their dad bought them a TV network because no one wanted them. Or like if your dad runs a wrestling promotion and you <laughs> and you want to be a wrestler. Yeah, that too. Like uh, like certain a certain large adult son who will go nameless here. Yeah, so those are kind of the big uh, stories of the week that aren't Clash of Champions. Uh, New Japan's in the middle of a tour. It's killing me. Blah 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 blah. Uh, it's a familiar refrain on this show. Let's start running down Clash of Champions here, so you, Liam can get out of here and get home. Uh, the uh, triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship: Drew Gulak versus Humberto Carrillo versus Lince Dorado. Uh, rumblings about the future of the 205 Live brand as well. Uh, but for now, at least, a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight title is on this show. I'm sure it will be technically proficient, and they will all work very hard, and I hope they have a good time. It's tremendous. It's just <laughs> tremendous. Uh, the New Day versus The Revival. Aren't these guys supposed to be on different brands? Yeah, and we've we've been hearing that when the Fox, when SmackDown starts on Fox, we're going back to a brand split, a serious one this time, you know, for real this time. There's a new daddy in town, a disciplined daddy, and they are going to get serious about this brand split. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I guess this could be the last uh, 
non-brand split pay-per-view for a while until Survivor Series where all the Raw and SmackDown guys wrestle each other. I assume we're still going to have everybody on the pay-per-views, but (laughs) I get what you mean there. They won't be wrestling each other, at least in theory. Uh, The King of Strong Style versus the King of Soft Style, Shinsuke Nakamura versus (laughs) The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, they play hot potato with that belt. I would. It seemed like you know six eight months ago you're hearing a lot about oh is Nakamura going to resign is Nakamura going to resign and I haven't heard, haven't heard anyone mention that in a while so I'm assuming Nakamura resigned yeah so I don't think there's anything to do with the booking of this but you got a feeling which way this will go, will go based on the TV I think Miz is one away from tying Jericho on the all time Intercontinental title wins or whatever I think Miz will probably win it if not now then like at the next show so that they don't have to talk about Chris Jericho when they talk about the Intercontinental title ever again. Uh, I could see that. I, they just put Nakamura and Sammy together, so I could see them, and every program, no matter how uninteresting it is, has to go three months in WWE. So I could see Nakamura getting a cheater, cheating underhanded win here, and then them rematching at uh, Hell in a Cell or whatever the next show is, and Miz winning it there. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman just came on the television screen, (laughs) and they don't look very good. Troy looks really unwell. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for the WWE United States Championship. They had these two wrestle on Raw, and I thought they were going to give Cedric some kind of fluky non-title win, and instead they just had the only club that matters run in and lay him out. So uh, I don't know what the point of this match is. Yeah, I, I was expecting that. And then, like, obviously, like we talked about, they did give Cedric the win in the 10-man. He pinned AJ, um, which I think you had to do come after Cedric was coming off of a loss to Baron Corbin the previous week. You're, he's about as cold as a challenger can be. And I would say of the two guys that they are currently kind of, the new guys that are kind of pushing, Cedric has not caught traction the way Ricochet has. And part of that is just because he's a little less spectacular than Ricochet is. Um, neither one of them are particularly, you know, fiery promos or anything, but it seems like they really, uh, the crowds generally gravitate, have gravitated more to Ricochet. So Cedric really needed something, but I don't know, as you mentioned, since so few people watched that main event, if that was the shot in the arm he needed and people will care, but they are in his hometown ish place. So he'll probably lose clean. Yeah, usually a safe bet in the uh, hometown. Another hometown uh, match, uh, Bailey, who's not from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Charlotte, who actually is from Charlotte, North Carolina, whose name is not actually Charlotte. Um, they'll be wrestling for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I guess Charlotte was pushing... I think Charlotte's supposed to be a babyface, and she was pushing... She's just extremely unlikable. And on commentary uh, on SmackDown this week, she was very heelish but proclaiming that Bailey had never beaten her without the help of Sasha Banks. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think here? Um, I think, again, as we talk about, all programs must go forever. Um, and this one is just kind of starting. So, this chapter of Charlotte and Bailey, they've done Charlotte and Bailey 300 times on NXT and on Raw, but the SmackDown version of this is just starting. So, I think Bailey will probably get a fluky win here, especially because it is in Charlotte's hometown that never hurts either but and then i don't know they'll probably be back in san jose soon and they'll probably have charlotte win the title in in bailey's hometown so they could always do that although i do also think that that angle where bailey beat the crap out of becky with a chair 
is was also beyond just setting up Bailey's heel turn. I think they're also going to do Becky and Bailey at Survivor Series, if assuming they're doing the champions versus champions stuff. So I think Bailey might hold it at least until like the end of November, but we'll see because lots can change in the, in that time, as as we all know. Uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions are Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Are they? Or, as Nikki Cross says, Alexa Bless and Nikki Crows. <laughs> she cannot say her own character's name, and she cannot say her tag team partner char- character's name. Um, they're defending against two people that should quit the company, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I'm... Kind of shocked that they are going ahead and doing this on pay-per-view. It seems like if you're going to cut something, they should cut this. But maybe they'll put it on the pre-show. I don't know. Um, these titles don't matter, but do you think they'll change them? Um, Not yet. I mean, I get, they could because, like you say, they don't matter. Um, but, it, this, yeah, it just, it just doesn't feel like if they were going to do it, they haven't really given – they gave them a non-title win over the tag champions – because they couldn't even be bothered to think of another team to have them wrestle in a number one contenders match. But yeah, it doesn't really feel like this is the time for them to to beat them. Plus, I think Alexa and Nikki are supposed to be baby faces, so that's like a an easy like five minute baby face win that you can put on early in the show. Uh, Eric Rowan, sorry, I keep doing that. Rowan <laughs> and Roman in a uh, no DQ match. I thought they had a good brawl on SmackDown. Uh, what do you think of the brawl? What do you think of this ridiculous, stupid angle? I mean, if the alternative was bringing back, like, Big Show or Kane, then I guess this is all right. They found a new big stinky giant for Roman to feud with. Um, this feels this feels like uh, this is Roman's earthquake program. This feels like it's his, like, we're, we're kind of getting to the bottom of the barrel of giants for our big hero to slaughter and so we're just kind of picking guys off the street now who are big for him to fight maybe he's not earthquake maybe he's like his kamala but he's like he's one of those guys that's like a real short-lived hogan program you know what i mean oh yeah a a thousand percent earthquake was pretty over um i don't think rowan is anywhere near as over although they (laughs) they they built up earthquake for like six months and they built up rowan for like a week rowan isn't as over as the shark i don't think (laughs) Let's not run down all of John Tenta's gimmicks gimmicks here, shall we? Um, but, uh, okay. My personal WrestleMania main event, Becky Lynch uh, defending the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. I think they're going to change the title. And I wouldn't be surprised if this went on first, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a strong feeling uh, for this one or the other. Not, not, I'm, I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be a good match. I think the crowd will probably arguably be into this more than anything else on the show, just because nothing else has been built up super well. Um, I think the, we'll get to the other big-time main event matches, but neither of the men's world title matches are lighting my world on fire. And, uh, yeah, I think this could be, from a crowd reaction standpoint, this could be one of the, the highlights of the show. And you think they run it back in inside Hell in a Cell next month? I ooh, good call. Uh, maybe um, that would mess with you know doing title versus title with Bailey. At well, I guess Becky could win it back. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I'd be very excited for it. Um, we'll see. Um, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton they did a rehash of their Madison Square Garden angle from a decade ago on SmackDown this week. I don't. 
Like it's a good theory to run run this back and do the same, but it just reminds me that these guys have been there for ten years and that the product is really stale. Yeah, it like I was expecting Orton to turn it into an RKO or something, or the revival to run in and Kofi to get put through the table. Um or something, something like slightly different would happen. But other than the the first table that they were trying to work with falling uh, or breaking accidentally, there wasn't there wasn't much difference. He did the same thing. Did the boom drop, the uh, leg drop through the table. Um, there's a lot of champions standing tall over challengers, and I know this is like it doesn't matter because nothing matters anymore. But like there's so many examples of that on the show. Nikki Cross pinned uh, Mandy. Kofi laid out Orton. There's there was one or two other ones too where I was just like, even if the challenger is winning on Sunday, and I know that's the way they think sometimes is less of champions and challengers and more of you know the person who's winning on Sunday gets laid out, or sometimes it's the baby face or whatever whatever their thought is. But my thought is always like challenger should look strong going into the pay per view. But then again, it's Randy Orton, and maybe we don't need to make Randy Orton look strong anymore because he's been in this company for nearly 20 years. So what you're saying is you would have referred to the <laughs> first, third, fifth, ninth, eleventh, thirteenth, fifteenth pages of Vince McMahon's notebook <laughs> that all say push Orton. Yes, yes, exactly. Alrighty, uh, arguably top two matches on this show. I mean, I don't know. Not really top two matches, but one plays into what is in theory the top match on the show. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman are defending their Raw Tag Team titles against Rob Rude and uh, Dolph Ziggles. Um, it seems like Rude and Ziggler are going to win to set up the main event, but, I mean, ugh. Just ugh. Yeah, I mean, it seems tailor-made for Seth will get a knee injury or something in that match and then he'll just sell that all the way and then they'll do whatever they're going to do in in the universal title match i don't think braun's winning the title um i think the fiend will probably appear to set up the hell in a cell pay-per-view because they've already sort of acknowledged that he's challenging the winner so i could see him uh doing something like that but we'll we'll see about that but yeah Seems like this. Anytime the two baby faces who are feuding for the world title win the tag belts, it's usually a backdrop for them to argue with each other and then get rolled up and pinned uh, by a geek tag team. And any tag team that Dolph Ziggler's part of is a, is a geek tag team, so they fit the bill. Yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't really thought about the finish until. I hadn't really thought about the finish until you started uh, breaking it down there, but I could see. Yeah, I could see them not doing a finish <laughs> in that match and just doing whatever with the fiend. Um, I forgot that they've already announced him as you know being uh, in the main event of the next show, um, which to me is a mistake because this fiend thing should be would be most effective, and sh- they've done a good job of it so far of making it like an attraction yeah. rather than a, a weekly character. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and if you are going to build up to him challenging, you know, the big monster challenging for the title, maybe build it a little longer. Because, I mean, he's beaten Finn Balor, and he's, you know, assaulted Kurt Angle and Mick Foley, and that's pretty much it. The Firefly Funhouse stuff is very entertaining, but 
it does it didn't feel like it felt like the SummerSlam match with Finn was like this is the beginning of something that might be fun as you said an attraction or you know a thing that you build for a while uh, I mean it used to be we build up these monsters for the Undertaker and God knows we might still be doing that because the Undertaker is still on television all the time because he just won't leave me alone and so maybe so yeah I I was thinking we're building him up for Roman or we're building him up for somebody like that. So to see him in a title match that quickly is interesting, unless he's going to win it, which would also be weird, because as you, the attractions, the monsters, as we've talked about so many times with Braun, they're never the champions. They're the guy who feuds with the champion and then is ultimately conquered by the the, strong, the uh, you know underdog babyface. Yeah, so a lot of different ways they can go, and uh, we shall see. Um, that's a Clash of Champions drives me insane that it's not clash of the champions <laughs> um that's uh that's the show that's uh about uh all i've got is there anything else that you want to get into yeah there's not a ton of news other than this wwe stuff this week we're still a couple weeks out from the first aew show as you mentioned nothing nothing major to anyone but the people that have to stay up late and uh recap them for new japan at the moment we touched on the anthem stuff. Don't have a lot to say about that. Um, uh, I don't know if we talked about it. Uh, Marty Skrull's contract is up soon, and seems like he's well. He's definitely not staying in Ring of Honor. We know that for sure. I think. Um, although Sports Illustrated was also really pushing the idea of Matt Taven going to NXT, which I feel like uh, what's his name from Sports Illustrated must be friends with Matt Taven because. Who else is pushing for Matt Taven that hard to get into NXT? Uh, yeah, I will say, um, and I can't say why <laughs> publicly. I like being cryptic. I don't think, I think there was a chance of Marty going to NXT uh, um, a few months ago. And because of some circumstances, I don't think. <laughs> That's any longer an option for him, so I expect him to be in AEW uh, post haste. Yeah, that would uh, it'll depend on when it worked up. I believe they've set his deals up in November. If he's free by say the ninth of November in Baltimore, that'd be a, a pretty good uh, emphatic debut if he could show up at that full gear show. I'm not sure if it'll work out that way, but I would assume yeah, as soon as he's free, he's going to be uh, walking onto whatever whatever next AEW show is. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't talked much about that that uh, Baltimore show yet. Um, I peeked at tickets on the secondary market this week, but I'm I mean there are a few seats still left at the box office. Um, but I am uh, I'm gonna wait it out and see if I can get cheaper tickets closer to the date. I finally I finally did break down and buy tickets to uh, DC TV this week. Um, nice. So yeah, so those are uh, some shows that are coming up. Uh, Anything else? No, I think that's uh, that's about all. It's uh, it's a shorter show this week, but hey, no uh, no problems like that. I'm sure we'll make up for it next week and uh, every show going forward from here. Yeah, we didn't really we only briefly uh, got off on a tangent about John Tenta. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody, uh, this is two ten. Till next time, I'm Ethan and I'm Liam, and we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life 
part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. WrestleMania in my pants. <laughs> the Super Bowl of love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for a show. We're gonna be uh, if Doctor Phil will come out and then uh, he'll <laughs> rip into me and tell me everything that's wrong with me, and then we'll bring Oprah out, and then Oprah and I will just dance <laughs> together, and we'll call it the Super Bowl of love. <laughs> Tremendous. Champions? I try to keep on keeping on.